If you make $100,000 a year on the internet, this is not for you. If you're an affiliate partner making five figures a month, this is not for you. If you've made $1 online and you're a marketing professional in the digital economy, this is not for you. But if you've never turned pro, if you've wondered what product or service to sell online, if you have no idea what your target audience is, then this could be your opportunity of a lifetime. Keep watching. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. We're about to get started with another amazing guest who's sharing incredible insights. And I want to make sure that you are aware that all of this is made possible by Mind Valley. And right now, Mind Valley has an amazing package that you can take advantage of called All Access. If you haven't heard of it before, this is basically getting every single quest of Mind Valley available to you for an annual price of under $600. And the best part is you can get started, have a test drive if you've never done a quest before and see how amazing this transformational material is. If for any reason you feel is not what you're looking for, you're always eligible for a refund within the first 30 days. So I urge you to go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman. That way you'll be able to take advantage of this incredible offer and it will support our shows and free content such as superhumans at work that you get to listen to twice a week. So go in there, check out the quests that are available. All the information will be on that page, which is mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman, where you can also find this link in the show notes. And now let's get started with our episode. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. I'm here with an incredible individual who's been such a massive influence to some of the success you see here at Valley. Matter of fact, there's so many authorities that you might have recognized online that have these systems, these what we call funnels or webinars that exist and have ways of creating businesses that are so big that influence millions of lives. And it all has to do with someone that's behind the scenes that's teaching them incredible methods on how to market better and how to sell better. For those who know me, you know that selling is an amazing skill that allows us to make the changes we want to see in the world. And so why not use the best ways to do so, best ways to market so that the right people get to hear the right message so they make the right decisions when it comes to the change they want to make in their lives that are influenced by the things that you create. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, a freelancer, what you're going to hear in this episode are incredible ideas around marketing and sales. And if you are in a business, you'll see how these same ideas need to apply for you to be able to be recognized at work, to make changes at work. And honestly, this is going to be one of the most exciting episodes I've had. Alex Mandosian, CEO of marketingonline.com. Get this. The result of his work has generated over $400 million in sales and profits in his marketing students, his clients, his strategic partners. He describes himself as a push button influencer, master virtual presenter. And if you've ever enjoyed a Mind Valley masterclass, you thought that it had amazing content and found yourself mysteriously also becoming a tribe member, a quest consumer. A lot of that has come from the ideas that we've taken from Alex. And he's here to share some of those with you right now. Alex, welcome to the show. Well, Jason, I wish my mother heard that introduction. She still doesn't know what I do and really questions why anyone would listen to me for more than five minutes. So I, I hope we get past that 300 second mark. I'll be very excited. Oh, well, I'll need to have a conversation with her to let her know. But like I mentioned, there's so much that you've influenced here at Valley. Everyone within the marketing team always preaches your methods, knows of you, knows of your methods. And to have you on the show is quite an honor. And so for people 
who aren't as well versed with your methods, I wanted to kind of open up the frame and be like, what have you been doing to make such an influence? Like, how did you find yourself being the marketing man when it comes to these online presentations and webinars? Well, I would consider myself a digital marketing dinosaur. I started in 1995, which makes me a BG digital marketer, which means before Google. Some of my students have gone back to the years of Russell Brunson or Ryan Dice, Perry Belcher. Some of these names should seem familiar. I know I got uh, Brendan Bouchard on one of his first main stages. And then the old school of people like Dr. Ivan Meisner, who started Business Network International, and Dr. Joe Vitale. And I know that people like Mark Victor Hansen and others who have been of the older school of marketing, T. Harvecker, et cetera. Lisa Nichols. I mean, a lot of people that have been featured on Mind Valley have been the people that I'm a trusted advisor. But the most annoying one of all is Vishen Lakani, because I remember him approaching me in 2004 because I was one of the first to go into Singapore. He traveled down to Singapore from Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, and he gave me this joint venture proposal during a break at a three-day event. I was one of the first Americans to be teaching in Singapore, in Asia, and I never met him, but I was taken aback by his then partner and he who wanted to do a JV, and I didn't accept it, but then after I started to learn more about him, and he's one of the annoying smart ones who has built a multi-million dollar company, and now I consider him my mentor. So that used to be a source of resentment. And then one of my mentors sat down and said, that's the, that's the most amazing thing that anyone could do. That's your dharma. That's your duty to create students who become your teachers and mentors. So I guess that's my claim to fame. And that's a very comfortable place for me to be. So hopefully I'll be of some value to those who don't know me. But I go back to 1995, before Google even started. And that tells you not only my age, but also what I had to deal with back in the day, because all we had were teleseminars back then. We had no video like we have today. That's incredible. So Alex, does that mean that you almost became my boss? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm like a grandfather or some kind. You know? <laughs> well, now you're our wise advisor, which I actually really love. Hopefully I'll be of service. Hopefully. Take us through this time. You talked about teleseminar and I'm just, I'm just fascinated. So I'm I'm of the Google era, at least when I started getting into the business. I was still in school before the Google. And so has the world changed that much? Like, have the principles that you used to advocate for, you know, 25 years ago, do they still apply today or are there major changes? The principles still apply. What happens is the marketer has gotten lazier because they have more access due to social media. There was no Twitter. There was no LinkedIn. There was no Google. There was no Facebook. There was no YouTube, you know, when I started. So back in the day, there was a bridge line that would hold 1,250 people. And 1,200 people to get on any event is a lot. I used to do that over 80 times with Jack Canfield, who's co-author of Chicken Soup of the Soul with Mark Victor Hansen, who I mentioned earlier. And I would do interviews with people. So what I would do back in the day is during the era of America Online, which many people don't even realize existed, these were the dial-up days. I mean, you had to dial up and then you would get a busy signal because you couldn't even get in to the internet. So you couldn't even communicate with each other. So forget email, it's just if you were lucky to get in and people don't realize what that was like. And then during uh, the year 2000, during the Y2K epidemic of thinking, everyone thought that the world was gonna come to an end. It did not, nothing happened. And 
over the course of time, the principles have never changed. People have three questions they will always ask of you in sales and enrollment. I know that's very dear to your heart. And in a loving way, in a heart-centered way, they ask three questions. Here's what your prospect will always be secretly thinking, and they will be thinking this about you. Why this? Why you? Why now? Why this is relevancy? Why is this relevant to you? If Google wasn't the best search engine to create relevancy, they wouldn't be responsible for 90% of the search that's available today. I used to use Northern Lights back in the day. No one even knows what Northern Lights is, but Google wasn't available. Yahoo was a big deal back in the day. In Japan, Yahoo is still more popular than Google. People don't know that. I've taught on six continents except for Antarctica because penguins can't type yet. But as it stands, Google is the main game in time. So why this is relevancy. So they're saying, okay, why this product, why this offer, why this service that you're offering? So you better have a really good reason. Hopefully you have three good reasons that you put bullet points. The second is why you? Why are you uniquely qualified? Why have you earned the right? And what I've earned the right to do is I turn my students into my mentors. Russell Brunson is a mentor of mine. I can give you multiple examples. Vishen Lakani is a mentor of mine. Peng Jun, who modeled Vishen, who also lives in the area of Kuala Lumpur in, in Malaysia. I would call him a mentor. It's annoying to admit it, but the fact is in 2011, he was a student. Today, he has exceeded you know, where I am. I love going into emerging nations and teaching them things that most Americans taught three or four years ago. That's my passion. And the third question is why now? That's urgency. So relevancy is why this, why you is credibility, credibility. Like, okay, why have you earned the right to be selling this thing? What are all the other alternatives that I have access to? You better tell them what it is and why you have a unique selling proposition. That's where USP comes from. And then why now is where most people fall apart. Why is now the perfect time to get started? That's urgency. So relevancy, credibility, and urgency. Why this? Why you? Why now? If you use those three whys, always start with why. Simon Sinek, a colleague of mine, wrote a book about it, and he has one of the most popular TEDx videos that have ever been available on the net. If you use those three whys, that's a really good outline to enroll people, even if you hate to sell. Now, this is really powerful. And what I love the most about this is even if I'm in a position that has nothing to do with sales, this is a formula to get pretty much anything I want. Like if I want to have a promotion or I want to have a project put forward within a corporation, this is the exact same formula that I can structure my communication around to be able to get what I want. It's so simple. And if you have three answers to each of the questions, you have nine bullet points and three questions. And if you're not willing to do that, you don't deserve to get the sale because you won't. So it's a great way to ask for a proposal for marriage, no matter who your partner is. It's a great way to have children. It's a great way to teach your kids how to get to bed on time or eat their protein or whatever it is that you're feeding them. And it's a great way to get a JV partner. It's a great way to sell during a launch. Why this? Why you? Why now? That's what they're asking secretly. And if they're doing that secretly and they're silently begging for those answers, you better have them in advance because they're really frequently asked questions in their mind. Well, now I realize exactly why you wouldn't be able to address the JV proposal from Vision. He probably hadn't studied from you yet and hadn't prepared the three whys. <laughs> no, 
He wasn't. He wasn't prepared for the three wives. But after he started to make a name for himself, I said, well, I better hook up with this guy. And then I ended up training his entire team on how to do those webinars. And they were making a million dollars per webinar month after month after month, working with people like Lisa Nichols and T. Harvecker and Bob Proctor and and many, many others. So he's done quite well because he found the formula and it really did follow the why this, why you, why now methodology. It doesn't need to be complicated. It really doesn't. The simpler, the better. So when I think about relevancy, like if I'm someone that's within, I want to use an example, someone within an organization, relevancy can be pretty easy to understand because you kind of describe what is it that you do. You talk about why is it that what you want to bring forward is going to make a change that is relevant. So you can describe that. I find that pretty simply. If I'm talking about why you, then obviously you got to look internally about what qualifications, what you're going to put forward and analyze the competition and understand, okay, why am I? Testimonials, testimonials and case studies as well. Case studies are story-based testimonials. So if you say why you, well, there was Jason. Now, before Jason found me, his life was this way. Okay. But it wasn't always that way. And then after he found me, this is what happened. And today, seven years later, here's what life is like. So you can do the before, after, after technique, which I just did. And that's the why you scenario. Really, you're answering why me or why us, why our company. So why, why are we doing business with your organization? And why Mind Valley? Now, 65% of my database are women. So if that means 65%, that means 35% are men. That means 50% more people are women. Now, how did that happen? Is because I'm a story seller. I sell through stories. So every objection that I encounter, and I focus on the objections first when I'm making a presentation, I do the objection through stories. I obliterate. I don't handle them. I obliterate an objection through stories. So I'll give you a quick story. So if I want for my viewer or my listener or my reader to be decisive, I'll tell the story about Aesop's donkey. Now, in the Bible, they call it an ass. So that's a good word to use. But, you know, if you're not a reader of the Bible, we'll call it a donkey. And so there's a donkey who's looking at an apple and a pear. And the donkey is hungry. And eventually the donkey is starving. They look at the apple, the pear, the pear, the apple, the apple, the apple, the pear, the pear, the apple, the pear. And all of a sudden collapses and starves to death because they're indecisive. Don't be that ass, I mean, donkey, when I give you an irresistible offer that's worthy of your devotion. So that's a story, and that's a little trial close that I would make during a webinar because I don't want to obliterate the objection by challenging them using benefits, using advantages and features. I want to tell a story because they'll accept my story and they'll remember it. So that's another technique of why this is important. Wow. Okay. I need to write that down. Is this what we call it? I think there's a, a book of Alexism. Is this one of the Alexisms that exist? Well, it is. Yeah. The only thing worse than going the wrong direction is going the wrong direction enthusiastically, right? So <laughs> if you're going to do something, tell a story to obliterate the objection. And so what I do is there's usually five to nine objections for every offer. That's the first thing I focus on. You've heard of FAQs, frequently asked questions. I don't do that. I do FMOs, frequently made objections. And so if I have an objection saying, well, I'm not a technology person, so I can't do this. So here's what I do. I turn that into an FAQ. I transform the FMO, frequently made objection, into 
an FAQ, frequently asked question, because it softens it. So you may be asking yourself, I tell them, can I do this even if I'm not technology minded or maybe I'm a technology dummy? Well, here's the answer. Of course, if you can do a Google search, if you're pretty good on Facebook, if you can cut and paste things, then this could be your opportunity of a lifetime. Let's do this, right? So now you're not gonna do that once. You're gonna do at least nine of those throughout the session. So how about this? Here's the frequently made objection. I can't do this because I don't have a product or a service to sell. I get that for what I offer, right? Well, I don't want that objection because that ends in a period. I want a question mark. The question mark is more powerful than the exclamation point or the period. So I say, can I do this and not get left behind even if I don't have a product or service to sell? The answer is yes. In fact, of course, because 83% of Alex's students have never had a product or service to sell since 2003. In fact, if you have a product or service, you're at a disadvantage because you have a confirmation bias. Chances are your ego is going to get in the way. He doesn't want you. He wants people who start from scratch because he will teach you how to have the proper message to market match and find your ideal avatar, your ideal client, so that you won't have any of those bad habits. If you don't have a product or service to sell, you're at an advantage over the people who do. Let's do this. Oh, these are all reversals of objections and they're handled so elegantly. It's reframing. It's reframing. Yeah. Now, the last one was the one that I thought was a bit interesting is that why now? And I think that's probably the one that gets forgotten the most. It's the one that's not concentrated. People don't concentrate on why now. I feel like if I think about like triggers of influence, I'm talking about Robert Cialdini stuff. He talks about scarcity as a kind of a, a motivator for influence. Now, how do you justify the why now as opposed to creating what is usually, I've seen the webinars that create the quote unquote, the fake scarcity. Like you create a lie to be able to justify the urgency. What are the ethical ways that you can actually get people to understand that the decision should be made now? Okay, so here is the way I handle why now. And it is the most difficult of the three. And it, it's not just the final 15 minutes of your presentation, your webinar, your sales letter, whatever. You have to be tapping this rock. I'm gonna use a Hindu number. 108 times until it splits in half. Now, the Western way, the American way, I know you're a Canadian, but I was born in California and uh, I do have some issues with California these days. But what we do is we take a sledgehammer and we just we just hit the rock and it, we pummel it into like hundreds of pieces and there's nothing to salvage. But I want to tap. I want to do 108 trial closes. Boom, 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 boom. Imagine if you knew this information three months ago, what would your life look like today? I want to give you so much more, but I can't because my time is limited. Okay, this is limited to 43 people because that's what I can afford to get to you. And that is genuine and authentic. Test me. And then we stop after that. So those are trial closes. That's not what will do the urgency. What creates urgency is the importance of two concepts. Now, one of them you, you're aware of which is called return on investment. So ROI is called return on investment. One thing you may not be familiar with is the COI concept. Now ROI is point B. This is where you will be three months from now, six months from now, one year from now. Can you guarantee ROI? No, you cannot. I typically have $30,000 clients and I do trusted advisory with them and I can handle 24 at a time. 
and it's fun for me. Now, can I scale it? Not as much, but it's really fun for me because eventually I end up getting a percentage of their revenue and that's called the portfolio partner program. So that's where the scalability comes in after six months. They're paying me 30K to see if they're worthy of my devotion to stay with them at no cost to get 10% of their revenue portfolio partner. And that was taught to me by a good friend of mine, Kane Minkus and his wife, Alessia, who you know I've been a speaker for and they've taught all over the world. And the reason I, I wanna do a tip of the hat to them because I don't like it when people get an idea and just pretend like it's theirs. That wasn't my idea. It was something I learned from them and you gain more power and more relevance. You have more impact if you give credit where credit is due, right? So that's why I mention it. But the why now concept is a matter of making sure that they not only know the ROI, which we can't guarantee. So when they say, okay, what's my guarantee for the $30,000 ClearPath consulting program? That's what we call it, you know, ClearPath consulting. I say, well, I'm glad you asked because I can't guarantee return on investment. So here's my only guarantee. You will never see that $30,000 again. So you decide, right? And then if they don't laugh, I know I don't have a client. If they do laugh, I have a client. And nine out of 10 times they laugh. And that's usually my closing rate is nine out of 10 people for 30K. It's a lot. So then the other part of the urgency is not just ROI. That's point B. This is where you're going to be. This is where you need to be. But you need to do the work. I can't guarantee you're going to do the work. What I know with absolute certainty is COI. Well, what's COI? I think it's a big idea. Probably because I invented the acronym. So I'm just trying to, you know, I love myself type of thing. My mom would hate this. But COI stands for cost of inaction. So if someone says, hey, I want to make $20,000 a month a year from now. And I go, great. What are you making now? And they say 10,000 a month. Okay, well, that's good. You're making six figures. So what's it costing you not making the change that you need to make in order to be where you need to be per month? What's it costing you? You wanna have a $20,000 month ROI, right? And you're making 10, what's it costing you per month? And they say 10,000, I go, that's right. They go, really? I go, yeah, that's what it's costing you. So what's that cost per year? 120K. They said, okay, great. But it's not costing me 120. No, it's the possibility of what you want. You told me 20K. You're making 10 now. I'm assuming you're telling me the truth. Most likely they're not, but you know, just take it for what it's worth, right? You're losing the opportunity to make that 100X or 120K. I'm going to charge you 30 for six months. So you take 120 over a year and put that in half, that's 60K. I'm going to ask you for 30K. And if you do what you need to do in order to get where you want to be, as in point B, you're going to get a two times ROI. So is that enough to make a decision today? Because every month you delay that decision, you're losing $10,000 a month if you think I can take you to the promised land. Now, I'm not saying I can, it's up to you. But just look at who I've taught over the years, go to marketingonline.com. There's a pointing finger downward. You'll see all the people I've trained. Can they all be wrong? Can they all be wrong? Can 2000 video testimonials all be wrong? So that's up to you. You don't have to go with me, but what I want you to know is there is a cost of inaction and that starts today. The time is ticking as of right now. The timer is on. What do you say? Yes or no?
Now, I can tell you why to join today, because I can't take more than five people this month, because five people are ending this month. You're one of the five. You want to meet the other five? Great. But would you like to continue? Yes or no? Yes. Great. So I need a $10,000 deposit. If you'd like to move forward, let's do it. If not, have a great day. I'm like crying of joy of the beauty of this. <laughs> Now, here's the, here's the thing. I'm not guaranteeing return on investment, which most people do. In fact, friends of mine do. People who, people watching or listening to this honor, and it is wrong to guarantee a return on investment because you cannot guarantee return on investment, but you can guarantee it a cost of inaction because they are the ones who are saying it. I didn't say 20 grand a month. They said it. I didn't say 10 grand a month of what they're making. They said it. So all I did is I took 20 grand Minus 10 is 10 grand a month. That means after six months, they're losing the possibility of making 60K. If they think I can get them to that promised land, they're only paying me 30K. So they're getting a 200% return on investment. That is because of them, not me. So all the burden of truth is on them. That's the way I teach urgency. I don't know if that's, if you buy that or not, but that's the best I can do. Alex, that is Amazing. I've never heard this one in the way that you've just presented it. And I hope that people listening here understand the power of what this just did. Because in any negotiation, this is a tool that you can use to get what you want. And, you know, my mind first thought, like, wow, well, like all the other objections that came to mind while you were talking about this are things that we've already addressed when we define what the relevancy was and the why you was. So anything that they have as an objective now can't be about the urgency. It has to do with the testimonials, which you've already done and already explained. And so it ties in so beautifully. And I've never seen the scarcity be put in such a beautiful way. I'll give you one more if we have the time. Is that okay if I share it? Absolutely. Okay. Then uh, I told you every objection needs to be obliterated, not handled, not overcome, obliterated, eviscerated. My friend, Jason Fladian, he's very good with webinars. He didn't want to get into the teleseminar game because he knew I dominated that. So he went into webinars. He's annoyingly smart and we're very, very you know, good friends and we learn from each other. But I would say he's my webinar mentor because he's very good at selling. And so he is against handling and overcoming objections. He wants to destroy them completely. So here's the way I destroy the urgency. Like this is not the right time. That's an objection, right? So here's the way I, I destroy it. I destroy it with a story. Always use a story to sell the obliteration of the objection. If you get rid of all the locked doors between you and the pathway to wealth and riches, see, here's the problem, Jason, here's the problem. People think one key fits every lock. It does not. If you have eight doors, each door has a lock on it. Each door is that you have an objection. The key is the obliteration statement or story to that objection. So what you do is you got to have eight different keys on an old fashioned lock with the ring, right? With the keys and stuff, right? Like if you go to Disneyland, that would be like Pirates of the Caribbean. You have like in those old school keys that open up the jails. One key doesn't fit all. So you open up one lock, another door is there and it's locked. You got to open that one up. Then you got to open the next one up. So you need multiple keys. If you know all the keys that open those doors, then you will sell the majority of the time. So here is a true story about overcoming the why now objection. Like, I don't want to do it now. I can do it later because oh, people always have these excuses. So here's the story. The year is 2019 and it's December 24th. And there I am 
in Gold Coast, Australia, and I have a investment property right on the water at the Mantra Hotel. It's a four-star hotel. It's not five-star, but I get you know great revenue from it. And 14 days out of the year, I get to stay there. So I'm there with Sandra, who you have already interviewed. She was my partner at the time, and we wanted to walk on the sand and watch the sun rise from the water because I live on the Pacific coast in California for most of my life, and the sun will set into the water. But I like to watch the sun rise. And because we're in the Southern Hemisphere and it's summer in December in Australia, it rises at 4.03 a.m. So I set my alarm to 3.45 a.m. in the morning on my iPhone. All right, so I go to sleep and we're there and all of a sudden my alarm goes off. Sandra's already brushing her teeth, getting ready to go on the beach. It's with centigrade, I think it's already in the 30s. It's very, very hot. Fahrenheit, it's uh, in the high 80s, right? And so I thought, well, you know, Steve Jobs made it so that if I click snooze, it's eight more minutes. So why don't I just do, if it's 345, eight more minutes, it's, I don't know, 353. Why not just do that? And I thought, no, because I'm not going to be holding Sandra's hand. I won't be seeing the sunrise. And if I hit snooze, I'll be late and I won't be able to on Christmas Day on the 25th. And it's hot. I'm used to Christmas being cold because I live in the northern hemisphere. In Bali, where you are, it's only hot and hotter, humid and humider. But, you know, in most places, Christmas in the northern hemisphere is always cold and the southern hemisphere is warm. So it was really cool to be able to, you know, walk on the sand and watch the sunrise and all the photographers come out with their telephoto lenses, et cetera. All right, time out. So I'm setting the scene of snoozing. Snoozing means not now. Are you getting this? I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, time in. So what I decided to do is I said, you know, I'm not going to hit snooze because I will miss that once in a maybe lifetime opportunity. I don't know if I'll be with her for another year. I don't know if I'll get to see the sunrise out of Australia. I don't know if I'll be back. You know, it's locked down. I can't go back and travel anymore. So I said, the heck with it. I clicked stop. I brushed my teeth. I got up. I didn't click snooze because, ladies and gentlemen, when you snooze, you lose. lose. They finished the sentence. Now, this is early on in the presentation. And really what I'm insinuating is you better not delay because when you delay, you, there's a cost of inaction. So my cost of inaction of not seeing that sunrise is I was going to lose a loving moment. I was going to lose a beautiful sunrise. I was going to lose an experience. And you know what? I don't want to do that. Life is short. I have 86,400 seconds a day, 1,440 minutes a day, 168 hours a week, 52 weeks out of the year. Life is short and I'm sleeping a third of that time if I'm not in adrenal fatigue like I normally am with my work, right? So I decided to get up, I brushed my teeth, I came out and I saw the most beautiful sunrise and I took pictures of it. And I show pictures in the slideshow and I would have never seen this if I clicked the snooze button. How often do you click snooze? You click snooze probably every time. You know what? You're out of integrity when you click snooze because you set, you set an agreement and a commitment with yourself when you set your alarm the night before. That was your commitment. You decided to wake up at a certain time the night before and you're out of integrity. You are not integrated when you click snooze. Why not set it eight minutes later if you're going to wake up eight minutes later? 
You can't do that because that is violating the laws of nature. Now is the only time there is, period. That's why if you snooze, you lose. So that's why there is an urgency. It's now or never. There's even a song about it. All right, let's continue. So, okay, that's the story. It's a beautiful story. And what I love is how you have the process of seeding the ideas throughout your presentation. For everybody listening here, what you should know is Alex, when he's doing teleseminars, when he's doing webinars, these are presentations that get to be done for marketing at a scale. But you can see how all of these can be things that you can use in regular conversation. You can use in every scenario because the way we communicate, it always involves sales and always involves marketing. And I do want to add one little nugget here for the people that are listening who feel that there's a level of manipulation here. I want to remind everyone. I can't imagine how you would, but anyway, go ahead. Well, here's the thing. If you're clear on the difference that you're making in the world, like the impact, you're clear on the, on the clients you're trying to serve and you're clear that your product is amazing. This is where I love teaching the process that you can love the process of selling and using all these tactics because you're so clear on the difference that it makes. And this is some of the most powerful stuff I've heard, Alex. So I'm really excited you're sharing. You know what I say, Jason, here's what I say. I say, if you feel I'm manipulating you, leave now because I have no place for someone who doesn't trust me. It's too much work for me. And you and I are not going to get along. So leave right now. And I pause for five seconds. Are you gone? Okay. I hope you're gone because I don't want anyone who thinks I'm manipulating you because I'm going to come after you with everything I can to influence, to motivate and persuade you to say yes. And then by the time we're done, we're going to go through frequently asked questions. I'm going to ask the rest of you who didn't buy to leave. So if you think you're being manipulated, now is the time to leave. Otherwise, you're weak. And I don't want any weak people in my tribe. And even if you think that's manipulation, leave now because we're not for each other. Ooh. End of story. That's being very okay. clear on who's your tribe and being very clear on what you want to attract. And I think a lot of people have to be. aren't willing to draw the line as to who I want to attract in my tribe. Well, the thing is, if you're not clear, there's no power. That's where clarity is power comes in. You know, productivity is maximum results and minimum time. That's productivity. But productivity is not the thing because you can be the most productive person and still be unhappy, overworked. Priority is the thing. Priority is maximum productivity with minimum effort. So productivity is maximum results and minimum time. That's not the thing. It's priority. Priority is maximum productivity, which is maximum results and minimum time, with minimum effort. How do you have minimum effort? You draw the line and you say, if you're on this side, you're not for me. If you're on that side, you are for me. So I like to start by saying, let me tell you who this is not for. Now, I had something that made me $22 million in three years with a partner of mine, T.R. Vecker, actually. And it was called the Ultimate Internet Bootcamp. And every single ad started this way. I always started with who this is not for. Because the moment you can tell people who it's not for, now you've gotten rid of half of the population, maybe more hopefully, and you're doing them a service because you're not wasting their time. So disqualify before you pre-qualify. If all you're doing is pre-qualifying, they're guessing. So here's the way this started. If you make $100,000 a year on the internet, this is not for you. If you're an affiliate partner making five figures a month, this is not for you. If you've made $1 online and you're a marketing professional in the digital economy, this is not for you. But if you've never turned pro, if you've wondered what product or service to sell online, if you have no idea what your target audience is, then this could be your opportunity of a lifetime. Keep watching. So I start with who it's not for, and I go into who it is for. Disqualify, then qualify, another way to enroll people and honor someone's time. 
not manipulative, very authentic and genuine. I hope you agree. I 100% agree. Alex, this whole interview was filled with so much good nuggets of information for people to directly apply. I wanted to ask one final question, which is at the beginning, you mentioned that one of the big changes that happened throughout the history is that marketers have been able to afford being lazier because there's so much more access to social media, to Google. What would you say is one of the big things that marketers should do that would prevent them from being lazy that really makes the most of their time today? I will tell you there's an 85-year-old formula called ADA. It's also an opera called AIDA, A-I-D-A. Now, many marketers will roll their eyes, but it's still relevant today. If you think it's irrelevant, you're lazy, sorry. Okay, I'm probably older than you. I've made more mistakes. I probably lost more money. I'm telling you this formula works and I'm telling you how it's changed over the years. A, the first A stands for attention. The I stands for interest. So once you got their attention, now how do you create and bond with them so they have interest in how they move. So the headline can create attention. The interest can be with the first couple sentences in the sales copy or in the video. And then desire, how do you build desire? Well, you identify with them. Are they the right avatar? What are their frustrations and fears? What are their foibles? What are their aspirations, their attributes, or their affiliations? You know, If you really know who you're dealing with, you can build desire. And then the final A is action. Well, when I started, in 1995, it was about 25%, 25%, 25%, 25%. Attention was about 25% of the equation. Interest was 25%. Desire was 25%. And action was about 25%, being really clear with the offer. Well, today, attention, if you have 15% open rate, 85% of the people are ignoring you. If you have a list of 10,000, you have... 8,500 who are ignoring you. If you have 1,000 people, 850 people are ignoring you. If you have a million, 850,000 people aren't even reading your message. Forget getting a click. So the most important element of the four AIDAs is attention. 80% is attention. You have to work so hard just to get their attention. Interest, in my opinion, is about 5%. Desire is 10% and action is five. If you have an irresistible offer, it's 85, 10, five. That's what it is today. That is my assessment. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a psychologist, but that is my assessment. It's no longer 25, 25, 25, 25. Attention is 80% of it. So once you get their attention and engage them, then don't mess it up because you can build their interest you can build desire knowing who they are. You can't sell hamburgers to vegetarians. You got to know your audience. In fact, what you can do is you can sell to both. You can have a website that says, I eat meat, I don't eat meat. Great. Well, let's say you sell gourmet hamburgers, Wagyu beef or Kobe beef. Great. So that they click on I eat meat, you can sell them. How about I don't eat meat? Well, you can be an affiliate for someone who sells vegan and other vegetarian type meals and you make more money through that link just by having that on your landing page and they just have one decision to make. You're pre-qualifying them. You're disqualifying and pre-qualifying. So to get their attention is about 80%. That's how things have changed. It has changed by 300%. 25% is less than a third of 80. That's where most people go wrong. They don't spend enough time getting attention. They think because email is free, they can do whatever they want. And you know, don't waste it. Pretend like every email you send out is a great exercise, pretend like it costs you a dollar each.
Because if you're not making a dollar per month per email, you're going to starve. So you might as well think of it that way. Case closed, full stop, end of story. Thanks for playing. You know, it gave me a little flashback of Glengarry Glenn Ross as well with the AIDA. And Alex, honestly, this has been so much fun hearing you. Like, as you know, I'm a big fan of sales and marketing. All the insights you've shared here have been so relevant to me. I know for everybody listening, those who have to do some specific marketing, you've just had so many gems be shared with you. And for those who are on the fence or not thinking marketing was relevant to them, I urge you to look at all these principles and understand that all of this is applicable in every situation from relationship to parenting, to your career. All of these principles are so relevant. So we've talked about those four things we want to make sure, sorry, the three things at the beginning we want to make sure. Be relevant, why you, and be urgent. And we've talked about why you want to have case studies. You want to build urgency, stories. Don't handle objections. Use stories and obliterate them. That is the key to unlocking people's decision-making framework. Such a powerful thing. And I love here that we've touched on the AIDA, which is the foundation that you can use to get people's attention, make sure they're interested, make sure there's a desire and that action will follow. And of course, all of this being skewed more towards attention. It's an attention economy. It's so true to see that a lot of things are distracting us. So how do you make sure that you're giving people a reason to interact with you by getting their attention? Well, guess how you get their attention? By being clear on why you're relevant, by making sure they know who and making sure that it's urgent. Alex, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for sharing with my tribe. For everybody listening, make sure to go to marketingonline.com. Read more about Alex's stuff. Everything that is about Alex you want to consume, this will make your life better. This will make you a better marketer, a better human being. And it's been an honor to have you on the show. Please tell my mother, Carol, she will be very proud. I will tell Carol for sure. (laughs) Take care, everyone, and take care, Alex. Thanks again for tuning in to Superhumans at Work, which is always brought to you by Mindvalley. Know that All Access is our greatest offer where all of amazing quests in every area of your life are made available for you for under $2 a day. Simply go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman, and then you'll get a chance to uncover all of the available journeys that you can go through to improve every single area of your life. Mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman is where you'll get all the information and you'll get to see what it's like to be part of a tribe of people looking to always improve and do the best possible in the world by starting with themselves. Thanks so much for tuning in and until next time, stay superhuman. My name is Jason Campbell and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast.